this is Clutch Cruise. What's up, everybody? Zach here with Clutch Cruise Sports, ready to share with you guys our NFL and college season predictions. Uh, we've got predictions for the AFC champ, NFC champ, Super Bowl, MVP, Heisman, college football playoffs, all that good stuff. Plus, we do have week one picks uh, for college football and NFL. Uh, for college football, we are picking our games with the spread in mind. Uh, there's just too many lopsided games, especially this early in the season when conference play hasn't really started. Uh, you get a lot of cupcake schedules and stuff like that, cupcake opponents in these weeks. So we are betting with the spread. And uh, I do want to mention to you guys our new recording schedule, which it's not going to be permanent by any means. Uh, in a couple weeks, it'll probably change by a day or two. But for right now, expect to get videos out on Tuesdays and Fridays. And just a little bit of a heads up on what each video is going to be mainly focused on uh, Tuesdays up until the NBA season. We we're going to do a brief NBA division talk. Uh, it's going to be no, no longer than like six or seven minutes, but we're just going to sh share our brief NBA thoughts on division by division. So a new division every Tuesday. And we are going to recap the NFL and college games that we talked about in the week before so if something happened that we predicted right, we'll bring that up. Something happened that all of us were stunned by, we'll talk about that. Any big stories and news like suspensions or just just our thoughts of the games, uh, we'll talk about that. And uh, Eric, Connor, and myself are, this year we have a NFL subscription service to watch all the games uh, after they've already happened, they're already recorded. So Spending, spending that Mountain Dew money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are going to be playing, paying more attention, I think, to games that, that, than we have in the past. I know for myself, I generally watch the games that are just on TV. I don't go out of my way to find a random game. But the way that uh, the way that it works is there's only they're only like 45 minute long games when you cut out all the bs in between so <laughs> so we'll all be watching our share of those games so we're gonna you know we're not just gonna talk about our favorite teams or just the games that we watch in our local markets uh so hopefully everybody's gonna hear about their team in some some fashion probably won't be the it, well i'll say it definitely won't be the case for college football there's no way we can watch all of those games but <laughs> uh, but yeah. no that we'll watch the major ones obviously ranked teams against ranked teams those are those are the main games of the week and uh so that's that's going to be kind of what tuesday shows are going to be about and we are going to bring in something kind of new to the show host topics so uh if you guys didn't catch catch it by now nathan and connor are with me they're the hosts in this episode <laughs> uh, in case you didn't know the name Jeez, of the Zach, voice. you forgot about us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so prior to this point, I've really been dictating the shows, but uh, I do want to give the hosts in each show like a 10-minute uh, 
you know, op- open mic sort of segment where they're just going to share some thoughts about the sport that they pay close t- the closest amount of attention to. So for Connor, that's NFL. Eric is going to be the NBA host. And uh, Nathan still, I think he's going to be the college host, but he's also knows a lot of NFL stuff too. So yep. uh, you're not really locked into one specific sport per person, but it's just whatever they want to feel like talking about. They get to bring that up as a topic for the show. And I'm sure I'll be involved in it too, but it's just their decision. So stay tuned for those. And then Fridays are going to be NFL preview episodes and college preview episodes, which is kind of like this show, except this show has uh, predictions for the entire season involved in it. So that it'll just be more. Yeah, this is a little bit more. And then uh, we are going to talk about our fantasy lineups and any DFS stuff that we do. Um, And, uh, the, that's kind of week by week. Uh, it's not the DFS is not guaranteed to be in every episode, but uh, the ones that we do, we'll share. And uh, once again, doing the host special topics as the same thing on the Tuesday shows, going to be on the Friday shows. So that's kind of like the schedule for the next couple of weeks. Tuesdays and Fridays, you'll see videos out on iTunes, YouTube, all the sources. They'll be there by. And uh, and that's kind of the content that you'll expect to see in the episodes. And there will be some special ones, too, that we do. We'll do right before the NBA season starts. There's a, we're going to have a, a, an episode kind of like this geared to the NBA, just dedicated to it. Um, and different, different things that I haven't thought about yet we'll do. But those will be the main ones. And uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way. And then we'll get started here with our episode about and we're going to start with the NFL here so we'll start here with the AFC and NFC championship games Uh, for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube I have got the Jacksonville Jaguars losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game Eric has got the Kansas City Chiefs beating the New England Patriots Connor's got the Chiefs beating the Patriots, and then Nate has got the Patriots beating the Chiefs. So I'm really the only one different in this, uh, you know, this AFC Championship thing with Jacksonville being in it. But uh, it's New England versus KC, and KC's been in all four of our predictions. And the reason why I have Jacksonville in mine is because. I feel like this Jacksonville team is the has the best opportunity to take down New England with having a really good defense. And also, you know, Nick Foles is on the team with Tom Coughlin. I just think it's too much history. You know, the Patriots, you know, worst moments are, you know, they're in the Super Bowls. The only Super Bowls they've lost have been – to uh, Tom Coughlin's Giants and Nick Foles' uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And both of those forces are on the Jaguars. So <laughs> I've got them in, in there. But the reason I've got Kansas City winning against the Jaguars is I think it'll be in Kansas City. I think they're going to have the best regular season record. And I, I feel like they're not going to be able to win on the road in that case. 
I do think that the Jags will not have a first round bye, so they'll be having played more playoff games up to this point, whereas KC will have a bye. And uh, I mean, I don't want to jinx myself either and put them in the Super Bowl when they've never been in the Super Bowl in their history. But it's usually something that goes wrong at this spot in their, you know, in the playoffs for them. So I wouldn't be shocked if they did beat the Chiefs. You know, I'll root for it and stuff. But uh, the Chiefs, I think, are a little bit better team than the Jags. But it'll be an interesting Week One rematch. <laughs> so you guys, <laughs> I'll let you guys explain your rationale for your picks and why you have different winners. Well, I mean. As much as I wanted to pick a different AFC Championship game, because I know not just among us, but probably among all the experts and everything, too, the KC New England is the most picked, like, foregone conclusion that everybody thinks is going to happen. They think it's going to be a rematch of last year. And I was going through and I was thinking, like, man, I really don't want to pick KC New England. I really don't (laughs) want to, you know, just be like, oh, I'm going to sound like everybody else and pick KC New England. But then, like... If only we could go back in time like two weeks before all these other teams in the AFC started having their problems. Because like all of a sudden Indianapolis started having problems, Houston mm-hmm. started having problems, the Chargers started having problems. You know, the there's questions about whether the Steelers are gonna go further this year. I don't buy all the hype in Cleveland, like, you know, yeah. everybody else is. So that really only left KC and New England again that didn't have any glaring holes that was going on. Um so, yeah, I think the reason why I picked KC was I'm with Zach. I think KC is going to be the number one seed in the AFC. So I think they're going to be playing at Arrowhead. And after how close the game was this last year and now that, you know, Mahomes and <clears throat> the Chiefs have a bit more playoff experience under their belts, <laughs> I think that's going to lend them better this year. Again, being in front of the home crowd is going to help too. I think they'll be able to beat New England this year. And I think New England is a bit – weaker than they were last year. So that's why I have Casey New England and Casey winning, even though I really didn't want to pick that. <laughs> um so I'm kinda on the opposite viewpoint here. I think uh, I picked the Patriots over the Chiefs. I think that New England is gonna get the number one seed instead of Casey just because I think you know I think they've filled their holes that they lost this offseason pretty well. I think they're arguably just as strong or if not stronger than the last year's, at least on paper. You know, they got Josh Gordon back. Um, they've added um, some good parts to their defense. Um, so I, I think that they can get that number one seed, especially because the division they play in is so much weaker than um, the AFC West where the Chiefs play, just because I, I don't see them losing, you know, to Buffalo or Miami or the Dolphins. I mean... Buffalo, Miami, or the Jets, you know, at least on paper. So I think they can get that number one seed. And having, um, if they're able to go into into Kansas City, one of the hardest places to play really in all of sports with how loud it is, and beat the Chiefs last year, I think if they can be the number one seed and have the Chiefs have to come to um, Gillette Stadium, I think that gives them a big advantage there. So that's why I'm going with the Patriots. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, so now... Our NFC Championship, looking over before this while you guys are talking, we have, between each of us, we have four teams here. So I've got Atlanta losing to Philly. Eric's got Chicago losing to New Orleans. Connor's got Chicago losing to Atlanta. 
and Nate's got Philly losing to New Orleans. So the Atlanta, Philly, <laughs> Chicago, New Orleans are the consensus teams in this, but we all kind of have different thoughts on who's going to win the this this conference. Always been more wide open than the AFC's been, and that's in our picks. I mean, nobody picked the Rams who won it last year. I think because the NFC hasn't had a, re- a repeat champion in so long that it's just like a revolving door of teams that get to this point and win these games. So my rationale behind Atlanta versus Philly and then Philly winning is I think Philly's really improved their team in the offseason with the additions of Jackson, Gordon Howard, uh J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, a rookie wide receiver. I think their offense is going to be explosive. And uh, also another reason I think they're they're going to be in this spot is because Carson Wentz, I think, is going to play a healthy season. And, it, I mean, obviously if he if he goes down, there's, I don't think they have uh, – I don't think Josh McCown's going to become like Nick Foles was. But uh, – it's gonna. I think Wentz is gonna have a great season. This team's gonna put up KC like offensive numbers, and I think they have a little bit better defense than KC does too. So that's why I've got them winning. I think Atlanta's gonna surprise people by getting here. Uh, it's not a. You know, it's not one of the major teams. You know, most people have New Orleans over Atlanta, and Los Angeles and Chicago, but. Uh, I feel like Atlanta is due for a big run, and like I've got them winning their division, so they're going to have a home playoff game. And they still have just as many offensive weapons, I think, as Philly. Their defense, though, I think is a little bit less than Philly's defense, so that's why I've got Philly in the edge. But that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game that Philly's going to take. Uh, so I'll let you guys bring up your thoughts. Well, I went with Atlanta over Chicago. Like, I got Chicago in there because the main reason why I didn't pick Philadelphia is because, unlike Zach, I don't trust Carson Wentz's health, given the fact that he's been, you know, he's had two season-ending injuries the last two seasons. So I don't trust that he's going to be around for that time to lead Philadelphia to the playoffs, and this time there's no Nick Foles to save them. (laughs) So... (laughs) And so, so that's why I've got Chicago. I think even if the offense is a little bit lackluster, I think that defense is going to carry them. I mean, we saw that with Denver a few, you know, five seasons ago, where the offense was pretty, pretty sorry, but Denver had the number one defense in the league, and that took them all the way to the Super Bowl. So I think that's why Chicago is going to get there with Atlanta. I think, I think people are really underestimating Atlanta when it comes to them playing against New Orleans because. Everybody knows that Atlanta's got a high-powered offense. I mean, Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, they're all pro bowlers. And, you know, Austin Hooper is due to have a breakout year. So everybody's looking at their high-powered offense, but in their head, they're all thinking, oh, well, Atlanta doesn't have the defense. And there was an analyst the other day, I can't remember who it was, he was talking about, like, I don't think Atlanta's defense is very good. I mean, if you look at how they were doing last year, you know, their, their defense was horrible last year. I'm like, well... They were also without Deion Jones and Keanu Neal, two pro bowlers on their defense. So I think getting both of those guys back and getting everybody healthy 
is going to be Atlanta's going to have a good like it's not going to be a top five defense, but they'll have a good enough defense to stop some of these other high powered offenses in the in the NFC and also put up enough points themselves to get past that. So that's why and I think Atlanta's offense is good enough to get past Chicago's defense because we know Chicago's defense, they've got the pass rushers. But if there's a weakness in their defense, it's the secondary. And so and that plays right into Matt Ryan and Julio Jones's hands. So that's why I have Atlanta beating Chicago and going on to the Super Bowl. So I'm, I've got my picks kind of um, not super, um, not super different than what most of the experts are picking, but I do kind of agree with them, uh, just for the reason that I think Philadelphia is probably one of the most complete rosters in the NFL. Just I, I, on paper, obviously we know the injury concerns, as you mentioned about Carson Wentz, but on paper I think. You know, going into the season, he should be able to, um, you know, help this offense kind of take another step after last year. They kind of had a down year, but I think this is the year you can put it all together. And I think that coupled with Philadelphia's always great defense should at least propel them to the NFC Championship game. But I also think that New Orleans is going to come back and kind of avenge what happened to them last year in the NFC Championship game. Um, obviously, that's a big story with the pass interference, no call. But I think they still got a great offense. Their defense pretty underrated. I think they got Marshawn Lattimore um, and you know uh, Cameron Jordan and some some pieces that people don't really talk about a lot. But I think they're, they're sneaky good defense, and especially if they can um, get home field advantage in the playoffs. Um, if Philadelphia has to go to New Orleans, I think that gives them an advantage, and I think they can um, finally put everything together and go all the way this year. All right, and then so now with our Super Bowl picks, <clears throat> I've got the Eagles beating Kansas City. Uh, Eric has got Kansas City beating New Orleans. Connor's got Atlanta beating Kansas City, and then Nate's got New England beating New Orleans. So. Uh, we all have different Super Bowl winners, which is interesting. <laughs> so I'll start. I'll start with my my reasoning on Philly. And Nate gave a lot of great, you know, details on how Philly, you know, is the best team on paper. A lot of people say, and I really think that's the case. And most of this team was on the team from two years ago that won the Super Bowl. And I think the experience will help them in this moment. I know Wentz has never played a playoff game before, but a lot of their team, you know, they've made the playoffs the last two years. Even last year, they made it to the divisional round in a very close game. So they've got playoff experience. They've got, they they know what the Super Bowl is like being there just two years ago. And my reasoning why I think Kansas City is going to lose this game is, uh, Andy Reid has never won a Super Bowl as a head coach. He might have won one as like an assistant somewhere I don't know of, but as a head coach, he's never won a Super Bowl, and he's just always underwhelming in the playoffs for whatever reason. It, in the regular season, his offense has put up huge numbers, but in the playoffs, the they play a little bit tighter defense. Teams play a little bit tighter defense, and you saw last year how they struggled for an entire half 
against New England's defense. And then while they were very good in the second half, uh, they they couldn't overcome that deficit that they you know forced in that first half. And I think it's going to be similar to uh, I think that's going to be kind of the case in this game. I think they're going to get off to a slow start, and I think Philly's going to take a big lead. And uh, Casey doesn't have a good enough defense either to stop Philly. So while Mahomes might be coming. You know, he they might have figured out Philly's defense is going to be too late, I think, for them to to do that. And I think, well, I think Kansas City's the number one pick to win the Super Bowl by most people. I, I I think they're good enough to get there, but to win this game, I don't think they, I don't, I really don't think they're going to do it. So, yeah, well, my out of all four of us, uh, mine kind of like with Atlanta winning the NFC Championship game, mine is the most out there, I think, of all of our picks. Mm-hmm. And I'm picking Atlanta to win the Super Bowl. And I'm along the same lines as Zach that, you know, the whole Andy Reid deal that for some reason Andy Reid just can't get it done when it matters most. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of talent he has on his team. It seems mm-hmm. like for whatever reason he's some kind of curse on his yeah. team when it, when it gets to this point. So, And, yeah, and the fact that the Chiefs are such a young like, you know, they have a young quarterback leading the helm. And, you know, also the other thing that I don't think we've mentioned about KC is that their defense is really not that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tried to make some improvements in the offseason, but in all honesty, it probably got worse. So, and I don't think their defense is going to be able to stop Atlanta. Like, I think it's going to be a really high scoring game between KC and Atlanta because two high-powered offenses, but... Atlanta definitely has the better defense between the two teams, and I think that's what is going to put Atlanta over the top against KC. Yeah, I think um, I think the Pats are going to go all the way this year. I'm a little bit biased. Obviously. <laughs> really? Um, really don't know that. <laughs> that's, um, that's always been my team, but I really do think that on paper they have just as much talent as last year. Um, like I said before, getting Josh Gordon back is huge for that offense. It gives him another like dimension. Um, gives Tom Brady a tall, deep threat that he hasn't really had since you know the Randy Moss days. And obviously, we all saw um, how the offense was back then. Um, so I think that's huge for the Pat. Their defense is really, I think it's really slept on. Um, they got some really key pieces like. Uh, they got Jamie Collins this offseason to round out the linebacker core with Dante Hightower and Elena Roberts. Uh, their front seven still really strong. Their DBs are besides they got Stefan Gilmore and there's a couple other um, corners like JC Jackson that aren't necessarily big names, but I think they're very solid. And I think they match it up well versus New Orleans. Um, I think they're, they're still going to be a very tough opponent, the Saints, but I just think that I think Tom Brady obviously has been there more. Um, this team has more postseason experience than the Saints do. And I think that I think it's on paper they're my best bet to win it, even though I am biased, obviously. Uh, <laughs> at least, he, at least, he, at least he's honest about it. Yeah, full, full disclosure. But Well, uh, well the, the one thing that could potentially wreck my whole predictions by not having new england even in the afc championship game is i wasn't factoring or i wasn't factoring in uh referees 
you know that, that can be a big that can be a big turning Uh-oh. thing and uh we know whoever new england's going to be playing uh we know there's going to be a slight uh <laughs> is, 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 that, is, is that why they're called the pay treats um, <laughs> i'm sorry for that. i'm sorry for that one but uh no i mean there's been controversy the last couple of years in the playoffs uh and well, not not just for New England, but like yeah. you know, for New Orleans. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. All it, 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 the officials have just been really bad the past couple mm-hmm. of seasons in general. Well, it's that New Orleans one ended up being so bad at such a bad time in the game that it created the whole rule. Like that, yeah, the instant yeah. replay yeah, on pass interference would not be a rule if it wasn't for that you know missed call. So that that's just how powerful that one was. But uh, but yeah. So going down to our MVPs here, I've got Carson Wentz. Eric has got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, uh, Connor's got Matt Ryan, and Nate's got Carson Wentz. And we all pretty much picked the Super Bowl winning teams uh, <laughs> quarterback in our MVPs, except Nate doesn't have Brady. He's got Wentz. Yeah. Uh, so. I'll let Nate talk about Wentz. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. The others, if they, if we said that they won the Super Bowl, they're probably, you know, we they're think gonna they're going to be the key reason. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be like wild card teams, like squeaking in the playoffs and then going on a run. Like we all have these yeah. teams winning the division. So, so Nate, why do you why do you have Wentz in zero? I just think the historically the MVP in the NFL has been such a quarterback centric award. And I I think Wentz is going to have a great season. And um, obviously the Eagles were my NFC East divisional pick. And I think they're going to go to the uh, NFC Championship. But I think I think it's less about Wentz having a great season as it is kind of like process of elimination almost. I think Mahomes I was, obviously gave him a lot of consideration, but I don't I don't see the voters you know giving him the, the MVP again this year unless he does something crazy. You know if he, if he one-ups last year's season, obviously he deserved it, but I don't see him, you know, throwing more than 50 touchdowns again um, back-to-back years. And I think Brady, um, his stats could, you know, put him in consideration, but again, it's he's already won it, what, two or three times? And it just kind of, he's kind of in the same category as LeBron, almost in, in the NBA where, you know, he's got a case for it every year, but it's kind of like you've got to... You know, you've been great for so long, you got to kind of do something extraordinary to win the award. So that's kind of why I went with Wentz. He hasn't won it yet, but he was close a few years ago before he got injured. Um, I think this year I finally put it all together and put the stats together um, to win it. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I want to make a quick comment about Brady, yeah. though. But, I mean, like, even last year, like, I think one of the reasons why, because I, mean, I was considering Tom Brady, but I was like, I think one of the reasons now why he won't win it more so than the fact that he's won it before is that I think New England's success is going to be more attributed to the team now that mm-hmm. they have, you know, Sony Michelle as a good running back. Because Brady's stats were like, he was, I'm not saying he still had good stats last year, but they weren't like MVP stats last year. Yeah. Like when, we got, when we got down to the end of the year, there wasn't any, I mean, obviously Mahomes was still running away with it, but there wasn't really any discussion. I think it was the first time in quite a while that Brady wasn't in the MVP discussion. Right. So I think this year it's going to be more attributed to the team. Like, obviously he'll still put up numbers, but mm-hmm. I think the team's yeah, going to be more. Yeah, like with like Wentz and, you know, Mahomes and Matt Ryan, it's more so going to be like their stat. They're going to be what's going to carry their teams 
further in the yeah, in the season. I yeah. totally agree with that. Like he's a little bit more like efficient, I guess. Like right, right, playing within the flow of the offense. But yeah, I, I totally agree. He's not going to go out and put up like 300 yards, you know, every week. Like he's got to right. do to win the well, MVP. It's, it's, it's kind of like getting like kind of how Roethlisberger. It's so funny how Roethlisberger evolved into like he never used to be a stack guy, but now he's a stack guy. But in the past, it was always like he wouldn't put up the numbers, but the Steelers would win. Like, he put right. up good numbers, but he wouldn't put up great numbers, but the Steelers would still win. That's what they were focused on. I think that's kind of what it is with Brady now. Like, obviously, the Patriots are still going to win, but it's not going to be – he's not going to put up those huge numbers. Like, he, he usually like he's not going to throw for 5,000 yards again. Yeah. All right. So, we'll move on now to our week one picks for the NFL. And uh, our first three games we have here are all clean are all clean sweeps across the board between all four of us. So Green Bay at Chicago, unanimous Chicago pick. Tennessee at Cleveland, unanimous Cleveland pick. And Baltimore at Miami, a unanimous Baltimore pick. And uh, the one that out of those three, I just want to talk about Green Bay and Chicago because that's the one being played the night that we are recording this. Um, we all love Chicago, but if you look anywhere else, it, you'll, you know, it's almost like a 50, 50 split between people with green Bay and Chicago. And I just don't understand why people are so high in green Bay. Like, yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't either. I yeah. can understand green Bay fans being high in green Bay, but I mean, one of the, one of the CBS writers, Pete, uh, Pete Prisco has them as his like number one in the power rankings team. Which is crazy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, all so Aaron Rodgers. It's like I feel like it's like <laughs> type of thing, but like still, uh, Chicago at Chicago, they're gonna want to avenge last season's, you know, embarrassment at the end of the game. So I and they're at home. I, I just think I just think Chicago's gonna get the win there. Well, when even like we were we were uh, discussing this before we, the start of the podcast about <laughs> how in our family fantasy league I have Aaron Rodgers on my team, and I was debating whether I wanted to start him or Ben Roethlisberger this week. And I was like, well, you know, I was going to start Rodgers, but if you think about it, the Packers are going into this game. They're going into Chicago. They're going against one of the best defenses in the league, possibly the number one defense in the league. And they are debuting a new offense. Like this is the first time they've run this offensive scheme in a Mm -hmm. regular season game. So it's like, there's so many questions surrounding green Bay right now that, and it's not like green Bay has a good defense either. So there's so many questions around them. I have no idea how you could like how the split could be that close because there's obviously going to be some people that are going to pick Green Bay, but I don't see how you could justifiably have it as a 50-50 pick. Yeah, I agree there, guys. Tennessee Cleveland, that's going to be an interesting one to watch, but we all think Cleveland's going to win it. Baltimore Miami, uh, you know sometimes, or at least for our papers, anyways, you'll see sometimes in the newspapers like little like analogies to games like the top game of the week like five stars and then they'll say like oh yeah like you know spend a bunch of money and get food and get ready to watch this game with your buddies and then like the worst game of the week it's like go outside and mow the lawn don't waste your time that's <laughs> yeah. kind of like go, this go game. take a walk and eat a taco <laughs> yeah this is like this is like the go go walk and eat a taco mow your lawn Get get your housework done. Unless you're like a fan of these two teams, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, spend too much time in the invested in that. And then 
Our next game here, we do have a split on Atlanta at Minnesota. Uh, I've got Minnesota winning. Eric has got Atlanta winning. Connor's got Atlanta. And Nate's got Minnesota. So this is going to be a really close game, I think. And I do have Atlanta in the NFC Championship game. So I think as the end of the season comes and the playoffs, they're going to go farther than, than Minnesota goes. But being in Minnesota, I think is gonna is the that's the primary reason I took the Vikings in this game is the home field advantage, and uh, but it's still gonna be a close game. I mean, these are two very very similarly rated teams, and this will be one to watch. So, yeah, I mean, with Minnesota being at home, this was probably the toughest pick for me out of all the games this week. But I. Yeah, I, I kind of went back and forth on it more than any other game, but I was like, I think Atlanta, they're going to be, <clears throat> this is the one the one game of the year that for certain they are going to be 100% healthy. So <laughs> with their 100% healthy team, I, I think it's hard it's hard for me to pick against them when I think they're going to be so good. Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on this one a lot too, but I kind of just gave the edge to um, Minnesota just because home field advantage. Um, I think just, Two teams, I I like them about equally, so I kind of basically flipped the coin on this one. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> then, then the next game, Buffalo at the New York Jets. Uh, this is another split game. Um, I've got the Jets winning, as does Eric, and then Connor and Nathan both have Buffalo winning. And for this one. I mean, this when we talked about the AFC East, these two teams like it was such a close, you know, close gap in between them in second versus third, and that's why. And then what separates that close gap, uh, I think, is home field advantage. And I know it's cliche to say, but I think that's going to be the case here. It's you know, it's it's a home game for the Jets, so I'm going to give the Jets winning this one. Uh, but it's still going to be a close game. Like the, this is this will be interesting. I don't think these teams are playoff teams, but it, it's going to be a battle, and it's still a rivalry. So, yeah, I picked Buffalo in this game. I think it's mainly it mainly goes back to my thoughts that I gave in the AFC East podcast. How I think the Jets are a bit overrated. Like I don't think they're as good as a lot of people think they're going to be. I know Nathan's wanting Le'Veon Bell to do good games. <laughs> yeah. we, have, we haven't shown his fantasy name, but he changed his fantasy team's name to Le'Veon the Prayer. Yep. So. Here it is, guys. Here's, here's our fantasy. <laughs> we got Cat and Zero's leg also in this game. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. no, no, he's not. <laughs> he <wouldn't. laughs> I yeah, saw the I uniform. But I, yeah. I, I did not pick him for my team. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think I just think the Jets are a bit overrated, and I think I think the gap is further than what maybe Zach thinks it is. So that's why I've got Buffalo winning this game. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that one. Um, obviously, I got a rooting interest uh, with Le'Veon Bell here, but I do think Buffalo's got a pretty underrated defense um, and New York offense. Really, besides Le'Veon Bell, and maybe if Sam Darnold can take the next step, I don't think there's a whole lot. You don't really get excited about on there. So I, I think I'm giving the edge to Buffalo on this one, even though it's at New York. And I'm excited to see how... Um, oh, I just had his name in my head. The running back um, for, the, for the for Buffalo. Um, Devin Singletary? Yes. Yeah, I don't know how that split my mind. But, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to see how he does with his 
first start. I'm excited about him. <laughs> yep. And then our next two games we have as uh, as clean sweeps here. Washington at Philly, we've all got Philly. And then the Rams at Carolina, we've all got the Rams in that one. And then the next one, Casey at Jacks, I've got Jacks. Uh, and then everybody else has KC. So <laughs> I know this is my AFC or AFC championship game. I've got the Chiefs one in, but I think this one being in Jacksonville uh, is going to give the Jags an advantage for sure. Um, before the podcast, Nate brought up how they missed like a day or two of practice, but I I don't really see that as being you know that big of a deal. Like they started working on their Kansas City stuff. Uh, last week in the preseason, you know, so they've been preparing for Kansas city. It's not like, you know, they had no uh, game plan or no strategy coming into it at all. And, uh, it's, this is going to be the Tyree kill Jalen Ramsey thing is going to be interesting. But if I was, if I was the Jacksonville defensive coordinator, Todd wash, I, my personal strategy to countering this chiefs offense is I would, Double Tyreek Hill, and then I would put Ramsey following Sammy Watkins, take him completely out of the game, and then double Tyreek Hill because Hill is a mismatch for Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey's so much taller than Hill, and Hill is a fast speed burner. So I think doubling them and then putting extra attention on Kelsey, and that's how I think that that they're going to, have success. It'll be interesting if, to see if that actually happens or not. But uh, I still think Jacksonville is going to win this game by a field goal or so. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring. Uh, last year, the Jaguars were the only team that didn't allow Patrick Mahomes to score a touchdown. Uh, they just had rushing touchdowns in the game. And they held them to like 20-something points in Kansas City, keep in mind. And they lost that game solely because of Blake Bortles and his inept ability to lead the offense. I think Nick Foles is going to be uh, able to put some points on this Kansas City defense. Like Connor said, it's very, very weak of a defense. So I've got Jacks winning, and it'll be close, but uh, but I think this defense can slow down Kansas City. They're not going to stop them, but uh, the offense should be able to do a lot better than last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. I just think KC is too good to not pick them. So that's pretty much all I – that's yeah. my only re- – I think KC is too good, even though yeah, it's I'm in Jacksonville. Of, <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat here. Like, I think Zach kind of – some of those points, I'm a little bit um, – I do think it's going to be a little more close than I previously um, thought when I made this pick, but I do still think Kansas City has an edge. Okay. Um, especially like starting out the season. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to look real, real dumb if I get that wrong though. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the next, uh, next couple, we've got sweeps. So Indianapolis at the Los Angeles chargers. We all have the chargers winning that Cincinnati at Seattle. We all have Seattle winning that, uh, the giants at Dallas. We all have Dallas winning that. Uh, Detroit at Arizona. We've all got Detroit. And out of those four games, the one that I would probably be most interested in watching would be Detroit at Arizona, just to see how Kyler Murray is in his debut. Now, Arizona is a really bad team, and 
I, you know, back to the NFC North episode, I'm, I'm pretty high on Detroit this year. Uh, but it's going to be interesting just to see his first start. So uh, out of those four games, which ones are you guys most looking forward to seeing? I think it's going to be interesting to see Indy and the Chargers because I know, obviously, the Chargers have the issues not having Melvin Gordon, which they probably won't. They probably won't have him all year from what I'm hearing. So, and also, when you talk about home field, you know, we like to talk about home field advantage being uh, a factor. Well, the Chargers really don't have that. I mean, they play in a 30,000-seat soccer stadium or whatever that never oh, sells yeah. out. So the Chargers really don't have that much of a home field advantage. And then also because I'm interested to see how Jacoby Brissett does, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. th- to start the season, to see if Indianapolis, even without luck, can kind of somewhat put the pieces back together and create some form of a good team or not. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same... Um page here out of all those games i'm really interested in indy and um la also just because those are two of the teams that were pretty much predicted to be challenging uh new england and the chiefs this year for um top team in the afc and obviously they both had huge losses with luck retiring from the colts and um melvin gordon holding out and um I believe Derwin James is injured as well for the oh, Chargers. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. That's, Derwin James got yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big loss for them. So I'm interested to see how they come out of the gate looking. Um, that could be a, <laughs> a, a huge way to letting us kind of know, you know, how the AFC is going to shake out. Obviously, the Pats and the Chiefs should do good, barring any injuries. But um, we'll see who's going to be up there challenging them. Yeah. All right, so then the next game here is a split, San Francisco at Tampa Bay. I've got Tampa, uh, as does Connor, and Eric and Nate both have San Francisco. And my reasoning behind this is, uh, I mean, we talk about home field advantage a lot. While Tampa might not have the you know, sellout games and all that stuff, it's still a long geographical distance between San Francisco and Tampa. Like that, that <laughs> yeah. is the battle of the bays. Uh, so I, I think Tampa is going to win it, but it's going to be close. I think they've got it. They've got to get offense to put points up. They're going to give up points, but uh, I just am not sure about Jimmy G. Uh, haven't seen him in, in a long time uh, playing football and Winston. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a prove-it year for him. So, you know, he's going to be highly motivated, especially to, to win week one and set the season off to a good start for them. Uh, but, I mean, neither of us have Tampa Bay or San Francisco, I think, going very far this season. But that's that's why I think Tampa's going to win. Yeah, I've got Tampa for mostly the same reasons as Zach. I mean, the home field advantage, the fact that San Francisco has to go all the way across the country to play Tampa, and... I think the 49 I'm another along like with how I think that the um I'm losing the team name right now. Scroll back up really quickly. Jets. Uh, yeah, along yeah. with why I think that yeah. the Jets are overrated, I think the 49ers are even more overrated than the Jets are. Like there's some people out there that are picking the 49ers to like even do better than the Rams this year in the NFC West, which I think is really unrealistic. So um, that's that's why I've got Tampa, and like I said, it, it boils down to the teams. To me, are pretty even on paper, and Tampa's going to be at home, so I'm picking Tampa. 
I'm going with the 49ers. Um, not so much because I think they're going to be great this year. I kind of agree that I think they're overrated. Um, that defense doesn't isn't great on paper at least, and we haven't really seen how you know Jimmy G can perform in San Francisco. But with that being said, I, I'm still not on board with the Jameis Winston um, experiment going on in Tampa Bay. I think. Um, this is obviously a prove it year for him, but it's kind of he's kind of had prove it years, you know, the last couple of seasons, in my opinion. Um, so I, I just think he's not gonna be able to go out and get it done. And I think it's kind of a lot. I they've got some good talent offense, but that defense, um, it's not great. So I think San Francisco is gonna take advantage of the defense, and I don't think James Winston is gonna be able to do enough to, um keep him in the game in this one. All right. And then our Sunday night game, Pittsburgh at New England. I've got Pittsburgh. Eric's got New England. Connor's got Pittsburgh. And Nate's got New England. So this is, you know, your guys' head-to-head game. So I'll, just, I'll leave this <laughs> yeah. pretty quick here. I, I just think New England in the early weeks is usually so bad. And Pittsburgh's, I think, going to be more motivated to play in this game. New England doesn't really take the beginning of the season very seriously, and I think Pittsburgh's going to want to come out with a big opening statement, you know, to Le'Veon and Antonio to show them up. So, yeah. I'll let you guys go. <laughs> <laughs> well, my best friend who lives out in Kansas is also a big Patriots fan, so this is not the first time I've uh, been having like a head-to-head in week <laughs> one. So. Um, I know in the AFC North podcast, I mentioned, I think I had it like 55-45 in favor of New England for this game in terms of like percentages, but I've kind of changed my mind over the past couple of days. I mean, I know New England's obviously going to be at home. They're always tough at home. And since it's opening night, they're going to be unveiling their Super Bowl banner. But like Zach said, they start the season off like traditionally really slow. I mean, last year they were two and two to start the year. Like they lost to Jacksonville and they lost to Tennessee. So I think it's, it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be an offensive shootout. Like I don't, like both teams have okay defenses, but it's really going to be all about the offense. And I think Pittsburgh is going to be more motivated to win, especially after missing the playoffs last year. I think Pittsburgh is really going to have the motivation. They want to go out there and prove to everybody that they're still a playoff team and a championship caliber team. And, what better way to do it than against the defending Super Bowl champions? Um, I'm going with the Pats just because um, over the past few years, I know last season um, New England lost to the Steelers, but I just think traditionally uh, Belichick's kind of had uh, Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger's number. You know, for, for you know Pittsburgh's had some great um, teams, offense and defense. And they've kind of blown through the rest of the league. And then whenever they get to the Pats, you know, they kind of crumble and don't look like themselves. So I, I think it's I think it's going to be more of the same um, Sunday night. Um, I think it will be a very good game. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, earlier today, I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, J.C. Jackson, the corner for the Patriots, called out um, Juju Smith-Schuster and said he wasn't Uh-oh. on the you know, uh, which <laughs> kind of had me surprised because the past when you talk too much trash like that, but yeah, Belichick's um, not about that. Get <laughs> benched, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think this is gonna be a really entertaining game at the very least. Um, yeah. should be a pretty close one. Yep. 
All right, so our Monday night games, Houston at New Orleans. We've got a New Orleans sweep there. And Denver at Oakland. Uh, Nate is the only one going with Oakland. Everybody else has Denver. And, uh, I mean, I just feel like, you know, the <laughs> Oakland is just like a train wreck, man. I, the Antonio Brown, now he's going to be suspended this game. Like, I feel like, gosh, it's <laughs> Oakland, they, yeah. they just have – there's just too much non-football stuff about this team. And I I still think Denver's an average team. I don't think they're bad. I think they're an 8-8 eight eight type team. Uh, going to Oakland is going to make this game closer than if it was in the Mile High City. But I've, I've got Denver. I'm not scared about it, picking Denver. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's, yeah. I mean, in my mind, Oakland is pretty much Pittsburgh 2.0, like Pittsburgh from last year. All of the drama from Pittsburgh just made its way over to Oakland. So, and it's even worse, and it's even worse than it was last year for Pittsburgh. So, I don't see how they're going to get over that, especially in, in week one when they haven't had time to work everything out yet. Maybe later in the season, it won't hurt them as much. But right now, it seems like everything is in chaos. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I I kind of made this pick before the Antonio Brown news came out, and I forgot to change it on here. Oh, okay. but <laughs> here I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna defend oh, okay. it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I think I do think Denver's a very average team. Um, I'm gonna stick with my Oakland pick, but yeah. I think Denver's very average. Um, Joe Flacco with the starter doesn't give me any conf- confidence. Um, that Denver's gonna be able to get it done. Um, you know, he's gonna go out and put up his his trademark 180 yards, one touchdown, one pick, you know, stat line. Um, obviously they have that great defensive talent still, but I th- I think I think Derek Carr and the Raiders are gonna come out in front of that um Oakland crowd on Monday night. Obviously this is Oakland's last year in the Coliseum. Um I think the crowd's gonna be fired up hopefully. And I think they're, they're going to surprise some people. Well, that's a huge upset, obviously, because Denver's not, you know, got huge expectations this year. But I think they're going to go out and get it done. Okay. All right, so that concludes our NFL segment of the show. Uh, now we're going to move on to the college segment. And <clears throat> to start that, we're going to talk about the NCAA playoffs, who we think is going to be in our final four for the playoffs. And my playoff games are going to be Clemson versus Oregon and Alabama versus Oklahoma. And I know it's not looking good with Oregon already, you know, starting out 0-1, but I think (laughs) Clemson and Alabama, I I think those two teams are, like, locks to get in the playoffs. Like, you know, there's not too much of a case against them when you look at uh look at traditionally the last couple of years uh they're they're almost guaranteed especially with alabama doesn't have a strong out-of-conference schedule and clemson's playing in the acc which is having a down year this year so i think they both should easily make it and i have them meeting up once again in the college football playoffs and this time i've got alabama winning it's gone back and forth between Saban and, and Dabo the past couple of years, and uh, I think Bama's going to come come out for revenge from last year. I think uh, I, I just, I know Clemson's a really good team, but 
Bama embarrassed Clemson two years ago uh, before the championship game, and then last year in the championship game, uh, Clemson embarrassed Alabama. I'm hoping that it's going to be a closer game than those two games were, but I've got Bama winning it. And the reason I've got Oregon and Oklahoma in is I still think Oklahoma is going to be the best team in the Big 12. Uh, Their problem, though, is they don't have a defense. So it's going to be the same result when they play Alabama, I think, again. I think it's going to be just like they always are in the playoffs. You know, they can score points, but they can't stop anybody. And Bama's got a great offense, again, with uh, Jerry Judy coming back at receiver for him. He's supposed to be a top draft pick, and Tua, of course. So I, I think Bama's can, can win that pretty easily. And Oregon's like my surprise pick for the playoffs. Um, it's been a while since they've been at, at this stage. Uh, they, they had a few rebuilding years after their last uh, their last cha- national championship appearance where they lost to Ohio State. But um, having a senior quarterback like Justin Herbert, I think is going to be huge for him this year. And the strength of their conference is much better than it has been in years before. Uh, you know, they've got to play teams like Utah, Stanford, and uh, <clears throat> Washington, Washington State. Uh, I I think now at this point, for my prediction to be right, they're going to need to win all those games. But if they do, uh, I think that they definitely should be allowed in this playoff because that's going to be some good competition they're playing. So if they can do that, I think I think my prediction will be all right. Yeah. So with my predictions here, so I've got I went a bit more. I don't have any big two big surprise teams like uh, both Zach and Nate do, but I've got Clemson against Michigan in the first game, and I've got Alabama against Georgia in the second game. Uh, like Zach said, Clemson and Bama are pretty much locks for the college football playoff. I mean. Both of them have pretty, I mean, like you said, Bama's out-of-conference schedule is really easy. And Clemson, I mean, as long as Clemson can get past Texas A&M, their really only true game that I think might test them after that is their game against Syracuse. But if they can get past Texas A&M and Syracuse, then there's no way they're going to lose any of the rest of their games. I mean, their schedule is so easy. So, and then with Georgia... Georgia, I think, is going to be highly motivated after not getting into it. I'm one of the people, there was a lot of people like me, but I'm one of the people that last year, I think Georgia really should have gotten in the college football playoff other than mm-hmm. Oklahoma. I mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I, have, I think I, I would have put them in ahead of Notre Dame, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, it was really up in the air. Like, I think I would have given the nod to Notre Dame just because they went undefeated. Okay. And I think, and I think because, like, I actually read a uh, <clears throat> an article about a guy who was talking about he was ripping Notre Dame for their performance in that game against Clemson. But it's like, well, Clemson also went out and embarrassed Alabama, too. So, yeah. like, how can you really use that as a judge of how good or bad Notre Dame was? <laughs> well, when Clemson, I mean, uh, obviously three points yeah. isn't that good, but they beat yeah. Alabama. But they beat Alabama by a wider margin than they beat Notre mm-hmm. Dame by. Yeah. So, uh, real like Paul Feinbaum, he's like an SEC uh, media guy. He uh, he he actually said that Notre Dame should get a five year ban from the playoffs. Like that's how bold he was, and and how like you know how anti-Notre Dame, I guess he, he thinks, but 
Um, but yeah, I'll let you carry on here. Yeah, so uh, and with Georgia, I think it's going to be the same way. I think both them and Alabama are going to be, you know, very similar records. I just think the difference that's going to put uh, Georgia in this year, because I do think Oklahoma is going to win the Big 12 again, so that's going to be a challenge for Georgia because, you know, there's all this notion about you don't want to put more than one team from the same conference in. But I think Georgia's going to beat Alabama, so I think that's going to is what gonna that's gonna be what propels them yeah. into the college football playoff. And then with Michigan, <clears throat> I'm thinking that this year I think is finally gonna be the year that Michigan can put it together because I don't know if I talked about this on a previous podcast or not, but how Michigan, like every year they're expected to do good, but then they never win the big games. Like they always yep. lose to Penn they always lose to Penn State. They always lose to Ohio State. You know, they can never win when they need to. But I think this year that's finally going to turn around for them and also the big 10 the big 10 is as strong as ever like whoever wins the big 10 should pretty much in my mind get a guaranteed spot because ohio state michigan state penn state wisconsin and michigan are all ranked in the top Mm -hmm. 25 right now so i mean it's probably the second best conference behind the sec they actually have one more ranked team than the sec right so, so yeah so i think the sec just has teams ranked higher than the Big Ten does. So I think that's what, why Michigan's going to get it. But I think Clemson's still going to beat Michigan. And I have I have Georgia beating Bama during the regular season. And I have Georgia beating Alabama in the playoffs, too. So I've got a final of Clemson and Georgia. But it's going to be – it's really hard for me to pick against Clemson in the championship because I think they're just – I think Clemson's going to go undefeated again this year. So I've got Clemson beating Georgia in the finals. <laughs> All right. So – I'm obviously the same in the fact that I picked uh, Clemson and Bama. I'm the same as Zach with I picked the Clemson and Bama um, national championship. Um, obviously, I think Clemson should breeze through their ACC schedule. Uh, I think their defense isn't as strong as last year, but obviously it's still talented. And they've got um, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Or Etienne. Etienne. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's always a tricky one for me. Um, T, that T Higgins, yeah. <laughs> yeah, T Higgins, you know, big play wide receiver. So I think they should breeze through the ACC, no problems there. Um, and then Texas, that's one that they're kind of on the fringe of, you know, most uh, people's predictions. Um, I think they're going to take over the Big 12 from Oklahoma this year. I think it's finally Texas year. Um uh, Shane Ellinger is, I think, gonna. Um, he'll be, I think, will be in Heisman contention. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he'll have a great year. And I don't totally trust Oklahoma. Um, that defense is just, it's been bad for years now. Um, <laughs> that is very so, true. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think um, we haven't seen enough of Jalen Hurts yet to really know if he's, you know, gonna take over. Um, all the way from Kyler Murray, I can kind of continue that crazy offense. So until we know more about you know where Oklahoma's at offensively, I think um, I feel more most confident about Texas winning the Big Twelve and making the playoff. And then on the other side of my bracket, um, I've got Bama winning the SEC just because their schedule, their non-conference is so weak. Um, obviously not going to lose any of those games. And then the SEC, I think, is having a down year this year. Um, obviously we saw what happened to Tennessee last week. 
Um, they're not going to uh, be a threat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing honestly, Eric's not yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, didn't mean That'd be that, a rant. Yeah. That <laughs> Um, yeah, they should, I think they should make it through the SEC undefeated. Um, Georgia will give them, um, trouble. That's the only loss I could see them possibly having, you know, in the championship game. But I think if they make it out of the SEC, obviously they're going to make the playoff. And then Oregon, they're in trouble with that loss they had last week. But I think they can make it through the Pac-12. Um, just looking around that conference, you know, Stanford, I think is having a down year offensively. Um, after they put up what like thirteen or seventeen or something on Northwestern last week, um, yeah, it was seventeen to seven was the final score. Yeah, so I mean, obviously defense is great there, but I think offense is not gonna be able to keep up with Justin Herbert in Oregon. Um, USC just lost JP Daniels for the season. Um, Utah and Washington are usually tough, but I think Oregon will beat them this year, and um. I think I think they'll win the conference with one loss and make the playoff. I have the Big Ten getting left out just because mm-hmm. I think that the top teams are kind of going to cannibalize each other in a way. I think you know Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, all those teams are going to end up end of the year with at least one loss apiece. And I think the committee is going to use that as kind of a means to justify you know leaving the whole conference out and going somewhere else. So that's where I got Oregon and Texas in there instead of a uh, Big Ten team. And yeah. then um, the Clemson versus Bama final, I think Bama is – I think they're loaded offensively this year. Obviously, with they got Tua back. Jerry Judy is crazy good. They got a couple other good receivers, and the defense is still um, great as always. And I really like Clemson this year, but I, I think Bama's going to get their revenge. Um, I think that Clemson defense isn't as strong as last year. Um, that D line had three first round picks, right? Uh, yeah, Farrell, like that. yeah, three first round yeah, three, picks. Which, first round picks. Yeah, and losing that is huge. Um, so that's where I give the edge to Bama this time. Yeah, you know, as boring as that is, <laughs> I know. But. I mean, I'm, I'm sure all of us would want to see a different final, but yeah, yeah. we're we're not picking it. <laughs> yep. All right, so now the Heisman race, uh, it's already in full swing, obviously, but. Uh, I've got Tua winning the Heisman, and my reasoning for that is I feel like um, he's going to put up such big numbers this year with all the offensive weapons they have. He's gonna he's gonna really put up weapon or put up numbers, and I the only thing that really scares me about him is how Alabama gets these such big leads that he doesn't even play in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, like, in the Big 12, for instance, the quarterbacks there need to play the whole game because their defense is giving up so many points. So, but I do think that the committee should take into consideration that to a you know, it's impressive to be able to have clinched your games you know, before the fourth quarter even starts. And they're going up against good defenses in the SEC. Like, the SEC is the most, you know, is the conference that usually, or it it produces the most NFL draft picks, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. They play more of a traditional type of game, you know, or 
it's similar, more similar to how it is in the NFL. And so I, I feel like they're going to give it the edge to him. You know, he was so close last year uh, to winning it, but the injuries hurt him at the end of the year. And it's going to be his last year in college. So Lawrence has another year of, uh, of playing before he's going to leave college. So I feel like, uh, and then also another reason why I don't have Lawrence winning the MVP is their running back, Travis Etienne. He's also in the, you know, MVP top 10. So he's going to kind of take away, I think from Lawrence's stats and, you still want to give the give it to a winning team and, and a really good team. So Alabama's, I think, going to be the one seed. So it, I, I feel like it's going to be two is this year. But I mean, it's it's between him, Lawrence, and some people say Jalen Hurts. Some people say uh, Herbert or uh, the Texas quarterback. But I I think it's really between just two and Lawrence, and, and I'm going to give it to a so. Yeah, I I considered Tua also, and I I did consider Jalen Hurts just because, like you said, I think he's going to be playing, like he's going to be spending more time on the mm-hmm. field overall because there's going to be a lot of these games that Clemson and Alabama, like you mentioned, are going to wrap up really early. So by the time you know, second half of the third quarter or the fourth quarter comes around, they're not going to be in the game anymore. So, but yeah, I mean, even with ETN, you know, taking up those stats, I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be. I mean, I think he's going to be even better than he was last year. I mean, he's still he's still only 19 years old, so he's still developing as a quarterback. So he can only get better. So I think that's why I think he's going to. I'm going to give him the nod over to us. I think he's just going to be even better than he was last year. And I don't think ETN, you know, also being in the Heisman Trophy race is really going to hurt him too much. I think Lawrence is going to be more responsible for putting these games away early and putting up the big numbers. And he's going to be the reason behind their success. I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page here. I also picked Lawrence to win the Heisman. Um, I pretty much agree with all those points. Um, I think they've got a great offense and I think ETN will, you know, get some votes probably, but he's also, you know, a great weapon for the offense to have, which will, you know, help Lawrence produce more and hopefully get those, uh, Heisman worthy stats and the other reason I picked Lawrence over Tua um, that's who I was between um, for my pick I think that the voters have kind of disrespected Alabama quarterbacks um, just traditionally like some of those guys they've had have put up great stats but I think they get kind of overlooked because it is Bama and they kind of feel that they're playing you know within the system um, they got so much talent around them that you know it should be easy to put up those stats, which fair or unfair, I think it's kind of like the perception that the voters have. So I think that's why Tua's got to really go out and put up some crazy numbers this year, which I don't know that he'll be able to do with, like what you guys are saying, you know, we'll put away games um, so early that he might not play the fourth quarter. I don't know if he'll be able to get the stats, um, you know, to win the award. So that's something with Lawrence. Okay. All right, so, and then also, in case you guys have been like, oh, what does Eric think? Uh, <laughs> Eric's not the most college football educated uh, person, so he's decided. To be fair, I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, none of us are experts by any means. Yeah. But, like, but he just felt like, uh, he just felt like he 
wouldn't be able to defend any of his picks really with any evidence. So he decided not to do this, which is fine. Uh, you won't be seeing him talk about on his host, you know, segment talking about college football probably. So uh, with so now going into our week two games, uh, we we're gonna use the line, like I said, to uh, determine these games because a lot of these are gonna be blowouts, and uh, and so we've got all the teams in the top twenty-five that are playing their games plus one at the very end with no top 25 teams, but still an interesting and close and competitive game. So the first one here, Marshall at number 24, Boise State. Boise State is 11-point favorites in the game. We all have Boise State winning that. Uh, Cincinnati at number 5, Ohio State. Ohio State, 16-point favorites in that game, and we all have Ohio State in that. And Army at number 7, Michigan. Michigan are 23.5 favorites in the game. I'm the only one here with Army. The other, Connor and Nate, both have Michigan. And uh, I think Michigan's obviously going to win the game, but I think Army's going to scare them in this game. Army's a really good team, and uh, a lot of people say they should be ranked in the top 25. And I think they're going to, like I said, I think Michigan will win it, but I don't think it'll be uh, by 24 points or more. So I'm going to take the points on that. I'm going to go with Army. I guess you guys think it's going to be a blowout type game. So I think it's mainly because I, you know, although it works for most of the time, I don't think it's going to work against Michigan. The fact that obviously Army has no passing game. I mean, you know, it's like that military style offense, just options and run plays all the time. So I think that's going to hurt them. And I don't know too much about Army's defense. I know they're a good team, but Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Michigan's going to surprise. I don't, because I mean, I know Ohio State's ranked higher than Michigan right now, but I think Michigan's going to come out of the game. I think Jim Harbaugh is really wanting to leave his mark on Michigan. Yeah. So I think, I think they're going to overperform what a lot of people think they're going to do this year. Yeah, I think um, I had a tough time with this one just because I don't know if um, Michigan will put up a ton of points in this one. Um, just because it's kind of, you know, Army runs the clock a lot based on the offense they run. Just So I don't know if Michigan will even have time to, you know, put up, you know, more than 23.5 more points than Army. But um, I think it will be a blowout. Um, I like Michigan this year. Um, I think their defense and offense are pretty solid. So I'm pretty okay. confident with this pick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty confident you're going to be wrong. <laughs> Ooh. Shots fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next one, we've got Rutgers at number 20, Iowa. Iowa's 19-point favorites, and we all have Iowa. Uh, then our next game is interesting. Number 21, number 21 ranked Syracuse at Maryland. And despite not being ranked, uh, the home field advantage has got Maryland to be one and a half point favorites, so it's pretty much a pick 'em game, and I've got Maryland winning. Uh, I I don't think it'll be a one point game, so I think I'm going to be safe. But uh, but I've got Maryland winning just because I'm not really sold on Syracuse, and uh, Maryland looked really impressive in Week One. I know they played a a really bad team, but uh, there's still nothing to sneeze at, and playing at home, I think, gives them the advantage to win the game. And I'm 
I'm not super sold on Syracuse either, so that that's kind of my reasons there. I mean, I, I'm just kind of Syracuse because Syracuse always surprises people. Like, people will never give them enough credit. It seems like every year they're that one team that, even though I think Syracuse is going to be in the top 25 by the end of the year, but I think Maryland's an easy enough opponent that they should still be able to win. Like, I, I'm one of the people, I think they're going to give Clemson a run for their money later in the year. But I think they should be able to come out of this game fairly easily. I don't. I think it's going to be close, but, but uh, I mean, I, I'll give it to them by a touchdown. I agree. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Maryland's always been a pretender. Um, that kind of comes out the year hot, and then you kind of forget about them. Hey, it's the beginning but, of the year, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's true. I mean, you see what they did to Texas the last couple yeah. times they played that series. But um, I think. Obviously, Syracuse is a huge step up from from I think they played Howard last week. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so I think you know the lines obviously very small, one point five points. It kind of can go either way. I like Syracuse um to win a close game. Okay. All right. So the next one, Northern Illinois at number thirteen, Utah. Utah, twenty two and a half point favorites. We've all got Utah on that one. The next one is going to be a really interesting one. Tech, number 12, Texas A&M, at number one, Clemson. Clemson enters the game at 17.5-point favorites. And I've got Texas A&M, Connor's got Texas A&M, and Nate is the lone person picking Clemson. Uh, well, we all have Clemson winning the game, but for them to cover the spread. And uh, my you know, my evidence for this is, is last year's game. I know it was at College Station. This one's going to be in Clemson, but... Uh, that was still a really close game between the two teams, and Texas A&M's going to be a good team. This isn't going to be one of the games where uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be sitting out the fourth quarter. They're, they're going to give Clemson, I think, a good, good fight, and I, I, you know, I think Clemson will win by two scores, but not by 17 points. So, so I've got Texas A&M covering the spread here. Yeah, this was a tough decision for me whether I wanted to pick uh, Clemson or pick Texas in the spread. Because I'm like Zach, I think Clemson's going to win this game. Like I don't see any way that Texas A&M's going to win. But uh, yeah, just really same as Zach, kind of going off of last year. I I think that it, Texas A&M is going to give them enough of a fight that they're not going to, like Zach said, they're not going to be, you know, going sitting Trevor Lawrence on the bench in the fourth quarter and all this stuff. So I honestly think it's going to be like, I think the score is going to be right near the spread though. Like I think Clemson's going to win by either 14 or 17. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really close to the spread, but Clemson for sure, I think is going to win. I'm just picking the spread for Texas A&M. Yeah. yeah I, I had a tough time with the spread. Um, I, I think obviously Clemson's going to beat A&M straight up. Um, the spread's a little bit bigger than what I was kind of, you know, predicting, but I definitely am kind of comfortable with Clemson blowing them out. Um, I think A&M's overrated, yep. and especially with the game being in Death Valley, I think Clemson's going to come out and really kind of have their way with them. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a pretty solid blow. I can see it even more than a 17-point win for Clemson. So I yeah. Yeah. All right. So the next game here is Central Michigan at number 21, Wisconsin. Wisconsin uh, coming in at 35 point favorites. 
and I've got Wisconsin, Nate's got Wisconsin, uh, Connor's got Central Michigan, and uh, I mean, we just watched Wisconsin win 49-0 on the road against USF, uh, and I think USF is better than Central Michigan, mm-hmm. so I, I, I mean, they've got that running back, I forget his name, but he's just uh, a Taylor. Taylor, yeah, Jonathan yeah. Taylor. Yeah, I mean, goodness, they're just going to run. On, I think they're just going to run all over Central Michigan. I, I think it's going to be a 40, you know, 40-point 40 win for them. So. Yeah, I, this one was a tough one for me to pick. I just, I I know, you know, I was kind of keeping tabs on that Wisconsin-USF game, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to – I think they'll put up a lot of points. I don't think they're going to put up – I think Central Michigan's actually going to put up points, unlike USF did. I think that's the <laughs> difference for me. Like, I yeah. think, you know, I, I, it's not going to be beyond me to think that Wisconsin can put up 49 points again. But I think the difference is going to be that Central Michigan's actually going to put points on the board. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm on the same thing here as Zach. Um, uh, Wisconsin just blew out a USF team that I think is, has a lot more talent than Central Michigan. So I don't see any reason why they can't do the same thing at home this week. Okay. Uh, our next game, number 25, Nebraska at Colorado. Nebraska enters the game at being a four-point favorite, and we all pick Colorado to win the game. And I'm curious, or, well, do you guys all have them winning the game? Because I do. I, I don't. I, just, do. I don't respect yeah. Nebraska at all. So yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't have the spread. I have Colorado winning. Yeah, so plus the four points, like give me Colorado all day. Yeah. Uh, it's in, <laughs> it's it's gonna be a home game for them. Uh, Nebraska, they didn't look that good against South Alabama. So no. Um, I must say, and I was like, I've seen, I've watched South Alabama in the yeah. past, being that they're in the same conference as App State, and <laughs> yeah, App State, App State blew them out like fifty-two to seven last year. So if Nebraska is having trouble with them, then yeah. that's a bad sign for Nebraska. Yeah. Right. All right, so then New Mexico State at number two, Alabama. Alabama, 55.5-point favorites. That's ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and we all have uh, the underdog, you know, not winning the game, but being able to cover <laughs> this 55.5 points. Uh, you know, it's just like, just when the game starts, just picture on your screen, you know, the start of the game, just put 55.5 points under New Mexico State, I think they'll be able to to, to be fine. I mean, I mean, Alabama's gonna win by forty, I think, but not fifty five. I I just yeah. think that's too much. They're gonna rest their guys. They're not gonna try and score like a hundred. I mean, if they really want to, I'm sure they they could easily, you know, put a, you know, you know, I would if they really want to, I'd pick them. But I don't think they're gonna really care. I think no. they're just gonna run through the motions and get the win. Yeah. So the next one's kind of another similar uh, similar type of spread. Murray State at number three, Georgia. Georgia, 48.5-point favorites. And Connor and myself both have Murray State. Nate's got Georgia. And I didn't actually talk about Georgia in the, that college football playoff discussion thing, but I think Georgia's – if I had to pick like an overrated team, I'd pick Georgia to be the overrated team. Uh, I I think they're still really good, but I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think they're gonna lose to Alabama. Uh, I think they're gonna lose to Florida. I think they could potentially lose to Kentucky. 
So I, I think they're going to have a couple losses this year. I don't think they're going to be deserving of the playoffs like last year. But so kind of with that being said, I think Murray State's going to be able to be within this 48-point margin. So My main reason as to why I'm picking this spread is I think I don't think Georgia's offense is high-powered enough to put up that many points. Like, you know, I, yeah. I think their, their defense is really solid, yeah. and their offense is good, but it's not as high-powered as, like, you know, Oklahoma or Clemson <laughs> or Alabama has on offense. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm picking the spread in this one. I mean, I like – I know it's a huge spread to cover, but – I do think that I like George's offense. They got um, Swift at running back. Um, they've got Jake Fromm back. Uh, hopefully he takes another step this year. And I really think they want to come out and make a statement at the start of this year. Um, you know, as it gets towards playoff time, I don't think they want the narrative around them to be, you know, George is a pretender, um, any of this type of stuff. I think they're going to try out and go out and really – blow out um, Murray State this week and kind of get people talking about, you know, oh, Georgia's really got some playmakers on offense this year. Let's pay more attention to them type thing. So I think they're going to have motivation to go out and put up that those kind of points. Okay. The next one, next couple here we all are in agreement with. Uh, Northern Colorado at number 22, Washington State. Washington State comes in 37.5 point favorites. We all have Washington State being able to survive that. And then South Dakota at number four, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, 36.5-point favorites. We all have Oklahoma in that. And then number 18, UCF at FAU. UCF, 10-point favorites. We all have UCF. And since this is Nate's team, I'll let him uh, just share his thoughts on this game real quick. Yeah, I I definitely think that 10-point spread is too too little i think it's gonna be a lot bigger blowout than that um we saw how <laughs> fau looked last week and obviously it was against ohio state but there are some things that you know happened in that blowout that were not about the talent disparity there's a lot of like blown coverages and stuff on defense that i think um just mental plays that ucf's going to take advantage of so i think if you are a betting person i would, yeah. I would take that bet easily um and make some good money off it. So, I think uh, I think FAU is closer to FAMU right. than uh, <laughs> UCF's that ability. But all right, so then the next one's going to be the game of the week. Obviously, number six LSU at number nine Texas. Uh, for those of you historians out there, uh, Clutch Crew Sports historians, you will remember that I picked this as my most interesting college game of the season. So this is one I'm definitely going to be watching. Uh, if I get the opportunity to, I'm not sure if I will, but if I do, uh, LSU, despite being the road team, are five and a half point favorites, and I'm the only one that has them winning by more than that margin. The other two guys have Texas, and I'll get their answers on if they think LSU wins but doesn't cover since it's a close spread, but I think LSU is going to win by about a touchdown. Um I'm just not very sold on Texas. I know, uh, I know it's their big game of the year and everything. This, it's like a sleeper rivalry game interconference. You know, the, these two teams still don't like each other, but uh, I think LSU's just got the better team, and uh, I, I just 
like LSU better. That's that's, that's <laughs> my thing. I just think they're gonna win. So yeah, I know. I I'm actually picking Texas. Like I'm not I'm not picking okay. the spread here. I'm not picking Texas okay. to win by a field. Or I'm not picking LSU to win by a field goal. I'm picking Texas <laughs> to win. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I think Texas will will win by a field goal. Actually, I think it's gonna be down to the wire. And but I gotta I gotta give it to Texas because they're gonna be in Texas. They're not playing in Baton Rouge. If they were playing in Baton Rouge, I would give the game to LSU. But they're playing in Texas, so that's mainly my main. I think they're very two very evenly matched teams. But given the home field, I gotta give the edge to Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm on the same page with this one. I think it's gonna be a close game. Um, I have Texas winning um, straight up. Um, I think I think they're gonna gonna win by I would I would give him a field goal win over LSU. Okay. Alright, so then uh Tulane at number ten Auburn. Auburn eighteen point favorites. We all have Auburn. Uh UTM I think it's University of Tennessee something. Tennessee Honestly, Martin. I'm I believe. Look, Tennessee Martin, yes yeah, so, yeah. okay, I think. Um at number eleven Florida. Florida forty one and a half point favorites and we all have Tennessee Martin, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then Buffalo at number 15, Penn State. Penn State, 30-point favorites. We all have Buffalo being able to uh, to lose by less than 30. Uh, heck, they might even win. Like, I mean, that'd, that'd be they pretty crazy. They were pretty good but, last year, so, yeah. yeah. Who knows? Um, uh, Nevada, emphasis on Nevada, not Nevada. Uh, yes, it is at Nevada. Number, at number sixteen, Oregon, and Oregon uh, are twenty-three point favorites. And I know that uh, I picked them to be in the college football playoff. I think they'll win this game, but I think Nevada is also really good. Uh, so I think Oregon wins by less than twenty-three. And Connor's got the same pick. Nate, however, has Oregon, so I guess he thinks they're going to blow them out. I assume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to try and rebound after that um, yeah. close Auburn loss last week and try and make a statement. All right, yep. With uh, Western Michigan at number 19, Michigan State. Michigan State, 16-point favorites. We all have Michigan State in that. Cal at number 14, Washington. Washington, 14-point favorites, and we all have Washington. Number 23, Stanford at USC. USC being the home team, 2.5-point favorites despite not being ranked. And Nathan and I both have Stanford. Connor's got USC. I think I feel like just traditionally in this rivalry, Stanford plays better. I I don't have the facts on it, uh, but I I just like Stanford uh, in this game. I I don't really like USC, and so I'll I'll take Stanford to win and give me the two and a half points too. So yeah, I'm. I'm going to go with USC in this one. Like I know they're not, they're not too good, but I think Stanford's also not as good as what their ranking shows. So, and I kind of wanted to pick one upset somewhere. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll pick USC to win this one. They're the home team. And like I said, I don't think Stanford is as good as their ranking shows. So yeah. 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 I think Stanford is not as good as your ranking, but I think without, um, uh, what's his name? Brown, uh, USC's quarterback, going down for the season. Or no, sorry, um, JT Daniels, going down for the season. I think Stanford's gonna win this game. Okay. 
Uh, and then our plus one game, Miami at UNC. Miami, uh, five and a half point favorites. We've all got Miami. Uh, I, I'm a little bit surprised Connor didn't pick his team, North Carolina. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess we all assume Miami will win by at least a touchdown there. So, Well, I mean... I know UNC beat South Carolina last week. I mean, that came as a shock to me. Like, if I had to pick that game, I would have picked South Carolina. It's just, it's so hard for me to pick them coming off of a year where they only won three games. So, and obviously Miami almost beat Florida in the opening week. So, yeah, yeah. That's, and also, but I will say that if UNC does win this game, then I know for sure which game is going to be our plus one next week. Because I'm, it's gonna, it's a game I'm gonna be really excited for, and it's gonna be the Appalachian State versus oh, USC yeah. game next week. So yeah, I don't see, I don't see Appalachian State losing to Charlotte this week. So if UNC can somehow manage to pull off a victory, then I might start actually taking them seriously. Again. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, survival football. Now we're going a little bit. That concludes the college football talk uh, for the segment, and I forgot to put this in at the end of the NFL talk. It's kind of buried down here in this page. But uh, survival football, for those of you who don't know, is you pick uh, your for sure lock of the week. So whichever NFL game you think is the most lopsided, the most certain you are, you pick that team. A caveat to it is is that you can only pick that team once per the season. So you have to use that, keep that in mind. So the teams that each of us picked here, we can no longer pick them in future weeks to be our locks. So... I've got Seattle over Cincinnati. Uh, the game is in Seattle. Cincinnati, we all know, is uh, is not a good team. And Seattle should be able to get that win. Bringing in Clowney. It's going to be a rough day for uh, for Andy Dalton. And, uh, I mean, that too, that's what most people on Yahoo have picked. 27% agree with me on Yahoo. So then, but I'm, I'm the lone wolf in this group. Uh, with Seattle. Everybody else has Baltimore, so I'll let you guys talk about Baltimore. Well, I've got Baltimore just because, I mean, Miami is in full tank mode right now, so, I mean, there's no yeah. way. I, there's, I, there's no way I think they'll do anything. Like, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think Baltimore's got a great offense, but, I mean, Miami's not going to be able to – I don't think Miami's defense is good enough to stop them, and I also don't think Miami's going to put up, like, any points against Baltimore's top three defense. So mm-hmm. – which is pretty good for me because if you guys know the fantasy draft, I have Baltimore's fantasy defense. Uh, I have Baltimore's defense on my fantasy team in the Clutch Crew Sports League, but I also have them on my team in my other league that I'm in. So uh, I'm pretty excited that I've got you know the defense going against Miami in Week One. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, I, mean, also, I, I assume, because I assume Nate's have, gonna echo something. Yeah. yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got more, and plus, I think I've got more of a reason to pick, like, save Seattle for later in the season than I do Baltimore, so. Okay, that's true. All right, so I'll do, you know, now we're getting to Connor's current events. We'll, we'll do this pretty quickly here. So, Zeke obviously got his $90 million extension. We got some football events here, and then, then Connor will talk about his other sports, the other sports. Um, uh, obviously, the holdout, I think, worked for Zeke. Uh, you know, he ended up getting his money, $50 million guaranteed. So good for him, but not good for Tony Pollard, who I drafted. 
<laughs> I drafted him in both the leagues that I'm in, and he's now a free agent in both those leagues. As he is in most other leagues too. One of the oh. you know the most dropped players. So uh, Zeke's back on this team, and that's pretty much all you really need to know. He got a lot of money. Yeah. It's also it's also not yeah. good for Dak Prescott because obviously Dak Prescott's been wanting to get a contract extension, but now that they've given Zeke all this money, it's like they don't have any money left to give to Dak Prescott. Yeah, smaller, smaller slice. I'm sure all of us here think that $40 million a year is way too much for Dak Prescott anyway. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so then our next story here, NFL story, is a pretty recent one happening today, just an hour ago from when we pulled this article up. But... Uh, from what I heard, and it's still a developing story, but I guess Antonio Brown threatened to punch Mike Mayock in the face after Mayock sent him a letter of his fines that he accumulated for not showing up to practices and walkthroughs and all that stuff. And for some reason, he thought he wouldn't get fined for those things. You know, like, yeah, I guess he thought it's okay to not show up to work yeah. when he's supposed to, but... Uh, <laughs> So he posted something about how they hating on him or whatever, and uh, and then he threatened to punch Mike Mayock in the face. Now Mayock's suspending him, and uh, this is, I mean, if they're able to get off his guaranteed money, uh, I think he's going to be a free agent soon, and I think they'll cut their cut their little draft pick losses and just be happy to get rid of him because, uh, <laughs> good God, is this guy drama. Yeah. Boy, am I, boy, am I glad Pittsburgh got rid of him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, some uh, some big news out of the Texans on the you know days where most teams were doing their final cuts. Uh, this is the Texans fan community website here, um, but they traded Clowney for a couple you know below average players and a third-round pick, and I, I feel like that was a terrible deal for them to do because, first of all, they should have never gotten to the point where they were trading him. I know he wanted a lot of money, but still, if you're the Texans, you just got to franchise, franchise tag him and force him to come to you guys. You, I think they had more leverage than they realized because uh, now they're still paying half his contract to Seattle. Uh, with the way that the con- the franchise side works and everything, they're paying half of his salary to play for another team. And another big deal that they did is they gave out two future first-round picks and a future second-round pick for Kenny Stills and Laramie Tunsil. Mainly getting that left tackle was the big deal in that move. Uh, but still, I think that's a huge price to give up for, uh, for a left tackle. I know Tunsil's okay. He's a lot better than what they have. He's an instant starter and instantly their best offensive lineman. But they still have, I think, four other holes on their offensive line. And I feel like it helps, but it doesn't solve their problems. And they gave up a lot for that. Uh, two first-round picks in a second. And I, I feel like not having a general manager is really why this is happening because – I think Bill O'Brien's kind of out of his league here in doing these deals. I, I think they're going to really regret these, both these moves. So, well, I do want to hear what you guys think about the Texans moves. 
Well, I mean, it's just they're in a complete win now mode. I mean, there's yeah. no looking for the future anymore. It's all we want to win now. We think we have the team to win. We've got our quarterback, you know, all this stuff. So it's a complete win now mentality. And one other thing that I <laughs> wanted to add is that they also managed to pick up, since they had the injury to Lamar Miller, they managed to pick up Carlos Hyde. Mm. Uh, and add him to the roster. So there's also that was the other move that the Houston Houston's been making a lot of moves lately. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I don't. It's one of the, you can't really judge too much on the moves right now. It's more so something that you're gonna have to look back on and see. You mm-hmm. know, that's give true. That, yeah, give that as a judge of how good the moves were because if you know the Texans go on to win the AFC South and possibly make some kind of playoff run then you're going to look back on this and go oh yeah that was a really good idea like you know even though we didn't think it at the time whereas if houston ends up you know third and they like finishing six and ten and missing the playoffs and we're gonna go wow not only do they still suck but they also gave up their future too (laughs) yes yeah yeah Um, so oh wait you want to say something there nate no no it's kind of on the same okay uh, yeah all right so connor I'll let you talk yep. about these uh, these sports here. Yeah, two two last quick things. Um, U.S. Open still going on. Actually, Serena Williams is playing right now, as you can see. I actually have it on the TV while I'm waiting <laughs> for the Bears-Packers oh, okay. game to start. But yeah, Serena's already up six to three in the first set. So, as you know, women's Grand Slam matches are best of three. So, you know, if Serena can go on to win the next set, then she'll already be in the finals for the U.S. Open. So she's trying to win her. Record tying 24th Grand Slam. Uh, the other semifinal, Benito Rescue. I'm pretty sure whoever wins this semifinal is going to win the U.S. Open. So, um, and then over on the men's side, there was a couple of surprises. Novak Djokovic retired from his one of his matches due to an injury, so he's out. And Roger Federer lost a five setter the other night, so he's out too. Um, so Rafael Nadal is really the only big name left on the men's side in the semifinals. Uh, he's got a match against the Italian guy, Berrettini. You can see on the screen there if you're watching on YouTube. So Berrettini. Apparently, they've never played each other before in their career. So it's going to be, that'll be an interesting match. And then on the other side, there's uh, Medaviv, who's, uh, he's from Russia. He's like the five seed. A lot of people were saying that he benefited the most from Djokovic going out. So I guess we'll see if they were right or not. <laughs> Um, right. I, still, I still think Nadal's got the best chance to win. All right. Uh, and then over to Formula One. I'm leaving out NASCAR this time because the final NASCAR race of the regular season takes place on Sunday. So uh, by the time we get to the next podcast, we'll know who's going to be in the chase and who made it and who missed out. Uh, but in Formula One, uh, there was the Belgian Grand Prix and Ferrari finally got their first win of the year with Charles Leclerc, which the other thing about... <laughs> Charles Leclerc is that it's his first ever win in Formula One. Like it's not just Ferrari's first win ever it's of this season, but it's Leclerc's first ever win at the F1 stage. Um, I watched the race. Lewis Hamilton was tracking him down at the end, but he managed to hold him off. I, I do. I will say though, if there was like one more lap in the race, Leclerc probably wouldn't have won. So he got kind of saved by the bell. And Alexander, I mentioned this last time too with the Red Bull team that Alexander Albon got moved up to uh, drive for Red Bull. They moved Pierre Gasly back down to the lower team. And I'm not too shabby for your first time with the big team, you know, a fifth place finish. And, you know, 
Albon was he, he started in the back. <laughs> so he worked his way up to fifth place. So a really mm-hmm. strong showing for him and possibly a long term future ahead for him with Red Bull. All right. So that does conclude our show today, guys. Um, uh, this is a great time of year. Football starting back up. We're all excited for it. And uh, stay tuned for our next episode to be coming out on Tuesday. And we're going to break down how week one went, all the things that we said were going to happen that either did or didn't. We're going to share our reactions, our surprises, and everything like in between. So thanks, guys, for listening. And catch y'all later. Bye. See ya. For Eric. Peace.